ladies, we're going to keep moving on here. Um, hopefully you had a good time of discussing what fellowship looks like in your life right now. Um, you know, Emily, when we first met to talk about this, you asked me, do you feel like you have good fellowship? I was like, no, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Which is so strange, um, you know, that we would be chosen to teach this. And I'm like, I don't know if I even have true fellowship, you know, as we're reading this. But what 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 came out of the book was you know, fellowship isn't just like social gatherings and being the most popular and invited to all the parties, right? That's not what true fellowship is. True fellowship is, like Emily was talking about, where we're like side by side. Like we are on mission for the gospel and, and we have these, um, these people that we can do that with. And so even though if I'm not feeling like I have true fellowship... I have set up these habits, and that's what I like about this. This is a habit of grace in my life. I'm going to be at church on Sunday. I'm going to be serving in some way. I'm going to be in a connection group. I'm going to make sure that I'm in some sort of a women's Bible study because I know that I need that because I need that that friend that's going to come alongside, and if it's like a dark night of the soul, like somebody's going to be there to pull me in. And sometimes maybe I'm not feeling it. Like I feel like I'm turning on like the faucets, but I'm just like, I don't feel it coming out. You know, like where's the, where's the fellowship? Like I'm going through these motions and I think that's good to keep doing that even if you're not feeling it. Um, but I think it's just honest that there are seasons when I, I just don't feel like I have it, but there are seasons that I do, um, and so, you know, this last week was particularly hard for me. It was the um, seventh anniversary of the passing of our son, Miles. And he was born, he was our fourth child. So we, we had Lane um, after Miles had already passed away. Um, so when we had Miles, we were in a different state. You know, this was a different church, a different, you know, stage of life. It was just... You know, seven years ago, we've only moved here about three years ago, just to give you a little frame of, of reference there. But, um, you know, walking through that season of life, uh, when he was born, he had some severe brain damage and an, a neuromuscular disorder that was never diagnosed. And so it was always a, a really challenging time with him. And we didn't really even think that he would make it home from the hospital. Honestly, so when he was born, we sort of grieved our hopes and our dreams for him at the time of his birth because everything was going to be totally different. And then it allowed us every day that we did have with him, it was like this gift. Like we're just like rejoicing that we have this time with him. And so the the church that was around us at that time, I mean, they just like poured into us. I mean, you talk about fellowship and people just like coming around you. Like they were praying for us. And I mean, when they were praying for us, they were like really praying for us. And if we had any sort of need, like it was met in abundance. And it was just a beautiful season. Um. And then after he passed away, you know, the, the birthdays, the anniversaries, things like that, 
These were the people that knew because they were with us. I mean, they lived that life with us. So when it was like Miles' birthday, they knew it was his birthday. And they would like stop by or call me or, you know, all the things. Like bring me coffee or just give me a hug or something like that. Because they knew. Because there was that proximity. Um, Like we talked about, there was the regularity. um, And there was just awareness that this was happening. And so then when we moved to Iowa and and joined Candeo, it's a different set of people, right? Like you you weren't part of my life then, and that's not anyone's fault. Um, And so you don't know the birthdays. You don't know the anniversaries. You don't know the story because that's kind of on me. Like I haven't shared it well. So a lot of times... The proximity might be here. The regularity might be here. I might be showing up for church. I might be, like, standing next to you. But if I'm not open enough to share my story and share the real hurt that's going on, then that's on me. So it's kind of like I'm turning on the faucets. And, like, I imagine myself, like, standing under this faucet. Like, like God, I don't feel the water. Like, I don't feel the fellowship. And the reality is, is that I'm standing there with an umbrella. <laughs> I'm like, I don't feel it. I don't get it. You know? And it's this umbrella of my own, like, making. It's like, I don't know, pride or shame or just, like, not wanting to be vulnerable. Whatever it is, I think we kind of set up these barriers. And so that's what was happening to me last week. It was the anniversary of his passing. And I'm just like, I don't, I'm, I'm sad and I feel alone. And I don't have anyone that knows this. And I'm in my van this is what's really ridiculous. On my way to the pool to hang out with my friends. And it could have been just like a really beautiful time of fellowship. Like if I had spoken that need or just like shared my story with them, I know they would have reached out. I know they would have given me a hug. I know they would have, you know, prayed with me or, or whatever. Just like acknowledged that this is hard. But I didn't, I didn't take that step. I set up that barrier. I set up that umbrella. And I was just kind of sad underneath of it by myself. Um, but I don't think I'm alone in that. Mm-hmm. I think that we all kind of can set up barriers to true fellowship. Um, and so that's our next question for you to talk about with your, with your table. Is what are the biggest barriers that keep us from true fellowship. And I mean, is That's that good. something we want to? Yeah. Should we throw it back to the tables? Yeah. I just love that picture that Christina gave. And it was just so funny when we were meeting together. I look, we tried to talk about this for like half hour. And I looked at her and I'm like, do you have good fellowship? And she's like, no. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, just kind of sharing our stories with each other and being like, we are so unequipped for this. And I think just the beauty of like this morning might be, man, I feel like everybody else is experiencing this except for me, you know, and just to be able to share a real story of like, I'm feeling kind of alone right now. might be a beautiful thing that comes out of this. So should we throw it back to the table or should we just open it up? What do you want to do? Let's just, let's just open it up. Okay. So thinking about the two questions. So Christina's story, we just wanted to like, okay, let's be real. Um, So thinking about the question before, like, 
what does fellowship look like in your life? And then this question along with it, what are the biggest barriers like that keep us from doing this as women? Um, and I talked to Matt, I'm like, I am like the only difference between you and me is I prepared for this morning. So it would be a miss if we didn't like open the floor up a little bit to just let people talk a little bit and just learn from each other and the beauty that might come out of it, you know, maybe it's a little bit of fellowship. So just open it up a little bit right now, like maybe something you talked about at your table and then kind of tag it along here with like, what are some barriers that come along with this? And we're not afraid of silence. Awesome. And yeah, either talk loud, Lynette, or stand up, whatever. If you need a microphone. No, I won't bring it over. Awesome. I love microphones, but I don't need them. Um, this church is not very old, so understanding if you have women who are in their 50s and 60s and 70s, they didn't get that way here. So we have a group of women who have been at other churches for 10 or 20 or 30 years. Mm. And those relationships that we that we enjoyed when we enjoyed true fellowship at those other places with those other people, and for whatever the reasons are, are not in that church and in that fellowship of believers now. And so it's far more challenging, I think, um, or a different kind of challenge for this group to feel connected to all of you and to create these new levels of fellowship in a brand new church that is next generation focused. So um, I love college students like a lot, <laughs> but, but also I still need my people and there's just some people who just still don't have that and God has been lavishly good to me personally, but there are other women in my age group and older who don't have Thanks for sharing. Yeah, I have lots I could say, but I want to hear from you guys. The first thing, okay, so we're talking us more mature people. <laughs> we talked about college, going out, adulting. We talked about moms being busy. That's the enemy. God made us relational, and the enemy is going to keep us from creating those relationships. I mean, that was every generation there you know and we all feel that loneliness or whatever that's just what really popped up that's the enemy yeah. and we got to fight that so that barrier of like loneliness and feeling like you're, you're the only one and that seasons of life I think are hard too so just like some barriers yeah what else
And I think as women, like your emotions drive you and you just telling that story, being like, no, this is actually what's true, you know? Right. We're so good at lying to ourselves and just believing the lies like that Satan throws at us. Yeah. That's, I think you bring up a good point in that anytime that we're in close proximity and regularity with people, like we're not always going to get along or like people are going to hurt each other. We're going to say things, you know, I'm sure I do it all the time, you know, not intending to hurt anyone, but just saying something that does, that does um, a wound, a brother or sister in Christ. And that's hard, um, and we should be aware of it, but um, I think that's biblical, too, that we need to bear with one another um, and forgive each other. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Even there's, like, more stories. I think that stories can, like, just where God has, you know, taken you through and where you're at right now. I think that's super helpful to teach through that. So we've got like the older generation story. I, you're gonna kill me, Val. Do you like you're in a different season? Do you mind just sharing a little bit about like what that's like? Uh, sure. So 
just like graduated from UNI, I'll be student teaching in the fall in Cedar Valley. Um, and obviously like in Salt Company, there's like a lot of community around you. Like it's pretty much like handed to you. Like, oh, here's your D group, here's your connection group, here's like all these people that are gonna be your community. Um, and then just like even like transitioning because I'm planning on being like in a community side connection group next fall. Um, but just transitioning from Salt to that, even this summer has been like kind of a struggle because a lot of my friends that like were my community graduated and left. Um, a lot of the people I knew on the community side like ended up moving this summer. Um, so yeah, just like a lot of that community kind of just like shifting away and like with like the crazy schedule of like being summer and like being gone like every other weekend mm -hmm. and stuff like um, not having a lot of time to like build that fellowship yet. So and just thinking like short seasons in your life, you're not going to even be here that long, but like wherever you are, you have to try to plant some roots so that you have those people to walk alongside you. Something I was thinking about too, um, I think sometimes we try to hurry ourselves through these hard seasons, you know, where it's like fellowship is not around me, but you know, like those are sweet seasons. You talked about that with Miles. You're like, I miss that season because I felt so close to Jesus. And it's like, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think that we're so quick to get out of a trying season. And sometimes there are people that are right next to you that you don't even, you know, realize until later. But um, I don't know if we even want to go to there. But just some those seasons are hard. That was terrible transition, Christina. And I'm staring at you like, can you please say something? <laughs> I'm sorry. We did not practice very well. <laughs> we're like, Lord, help us with this part. No, I think, you know, something, a story that I don't know that this is related at all, but you brought it up. So, you know, sometimes people ask me, you know, like, I don't know, like, what what do you miss most about, about your time with Miles? Which is kind of a strange question anyway, but it's like, yes, I miss my son. I do. But the thing that I miss most is just how close God felt. Like, I just felt like he was just, like, on, like, just, like, right there, you know? And and when I said that you know, people would pray for me, like, I felt like, you know, it talks in Revelation about God collecting the prayers of the saints in these bowls, and they're offered up, like, as an incense. And I honestly, I felt like I could physically feel it, just, like, pouring out all these prayers over me, just a peace and and comfort and just knowing that God is faithful and God is going to take care of me and um, just clinging to that hope. So that's what I that's what I miss the most is that rich time of fellowship and that rich season that I had with the Lord personally. That's awesome. I think that's a key part of it. You know, we haven't talked a lot about that this morning, but I don't want to cut anyone off. Is there anyone else that wants to share something in a large group story or something that's on their heart? And instead of you moving out of your fellowship, your fellowship, for the most part, I mean, a lot of them, like, they all got up and left. So you, yeah, you're in that season. What else? Got something to say. I don't want to cut it off. Anybody? 
I thought of that. Like, there's so many women that I'm like, I want to be in fellowship with, like, proximity fellowship with, like, that person, that person, that person. It's like, I don't have, I like, I'm a mom of young kids, and or whatever season you're in, you can throw that in any season. And it's like, there's times where you have to be like, who's here, and who's here, and who is running alongside of me? Okay, I choose you, you know? And I think Cody was going to challenge the guys to go on a mandate and be like, can you be my, my person? Um, I was talking to Laura about this the other day and you were like, I mean, you, you talked about doing that. You're like, you, you, do you want to share that meeting with that friend that you were like, I want to be in your group. Awesome. We're going to turn it back to your tables for some prayer time ending on that note, but no, honestly, like, uh, I have just two things I'm going to send it back with you and these weren't really planned, but one, so it reminds me, and I was thinking about this, of this song that I listen to in my kitchen with my kids, and it's from the, Sarah introduced me to Bugs and Slugs. If you are moms of young kids, you should listen to Bugs and Slugs. And it's a story about this kid that he just like, I want to push on the swing, but there's no one giving me a push on the swing, and I want to ride in my wagon. Who's going to push me in the wagon? And this is going somewhere, I promise. And in the middle of the song, he's like, I got to change my, he uses a great word. Do you know what song I'm talking about? I got to change my philosophy or something. And he's like, who wants a push on the swing and like then he's got all these kids coming to him he wants to give him a push on the swing who wants a pull in the wagon and it's like sometimes as women we're like who are these people that are coming into my life encouraging me and challenging me and like pulling me up and it's like well scripture in Hebrews 10 it doesn't say who are those people it says let us consider it's putting that on us and it's like who are you considering who are you thinking about who is in your mind that you're like how can I help them do their ministry together like that sweet story that Christina shared and so like change your focus a little bit um I think that's encouraging to do and uh I was a teacher I mentioned it I'm gonna tell this quick I got I came in as a new teacher I'm like I'm gonna share Jesus with all my kids you know and it's like I was a middle school teacher so I had a hundred of them coming into my class every day and I left the year like I, I didn't do anything and as I went along I realized that God was like I'm not going to give you more than you can handle. My barrier is like, I don't have time for this. I ain't got time for that, you know? And it's like, I'm not going to give you more than you can handle. You need to teach those 100 children math. Like, that's your job. You need to be in a covenant relationship with all these people that walk in a door on a Sunday morning. But I'm not going to give you all 100 of them. Like, I'm going to give that one kid that you keep thinking about for some reason when they walk in your classroom. And it's like, you can't get your mind off that kid. And when they leave, you're thinking about, okay, did they have something to eat that day? And what's their family life like? And I'm considering and I'm thinking about, and I don't even really know why I'm drawn to that kid. But I'm going to give you, some years it was one kid. Some years it was two kids. Um, So God's not going to give you more than you can handle. But I just encourage you guys to kind of switch your mindset of like, who is this for me? It's like, no, like, who are you considering? Um, in that in that relationship. So send it back to your tables. You get two minutes to, instead of talk about what we're doing, just kind of pray for each other around the table. Um, and then at 7.15, we are going to pray. Or no, we're going to sing. Should we pray out loud? Maybe we'll pray out loud. We'll see how that goes. All right. Back to your tables. <laughs>